You're listening to the MLS Fantasy Insider, bringing you weekly tips, tricks, and advice for the official MLS Fantasy game. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the MLS Fantasy Insider, our review of round 16 and preview of round 17's DGW Bye Week. This episode is brought to you by who else but Messi? He's coming to our home. He's coming. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, actually brought to you by the amazing MLS Fantasy Insider Patreon community supporters. It's because of you all that we are able to keep this game fantasy project, everything going for as long as we have. Uh, you can learn more about how to become a member supporter, just more about our Patreon project at patreon.com slash MLSFI. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by my partner in fantasy, Belaine Riffle. We'd also like to welcome our special guests, very special guests, Tyler, Ranchinator, Norman, and Brandon from the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord. How are you all doing tonight? I'm pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, I'm good. Happy to be here. Yes, very excited to be here. Uh, so everyone has, has seen Tyler on the show pretty regularly, and he's also pins the articles for our differentials every week. But Brandon, we're happy you could join us tonight and want to know if you could give you a, a quick second to give a little bit of your fantasy pedigree or at least talk about how you're doing this season. Um, yeah, so I've uh, been around the Discord for a couple of years now. Um, I think we're on a couple of years, it might be three. <laughs> Memory doesn't serve me well there. But uh, yeah, um, fantasy has been middling, I'll put it. Um, couple of bad weeks has put me in a, in a tough spot, but uh, still playing along for the fun of it. So there we go. That's what it's all about. And I'm pretty sure if memory serves right, Brandon is our second Canadian uh, co-host that we had. We had one of our youngest co-hosts a year or two ago who was who was tearing up, who was from uh, Montreal. I think that was our first Canadian oh, guest. Oh, Sosbala. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, but Brandon is representing Canada as a country, not necessarily a specific team, but he is uh, he is here. So we have all of MLS represented tonight in this show. So very, very excited. And of course, Blaine is rocking the messy kit, uh, but we will get into that more. There's so many layers, so many layers to Blaine and Messi. It's, it's gonna be great. So welcome everyone who's joining us. Hey, Gene, what's going on? Shannon, thanks everyone for, for being with us tonight. We're going to start off. Uh, this was an interesting round that we had a little, little mini faux DGW at times. We had that uh, that Dallas game against uh, St. Louis that happened but didn't count for fantasy. So I uh, hope no one got caught up by that this week. But we still have a few little uh, hits and misses, I think, that we can all talk about for myself. I was pleased with this round. Uh, I ended it on 107 points. Which I think was really respectable. I won almost all of my head-to-heads. The only one I did not win, I uh, well, I think I tied one, and then I lost one by by three points. So it was uh, a pretty good round. Uh, de- definitely a round where 100 points was was 100 ish three three digit points was within reach. I believe the highest score was a 132. I think is what I saw that Skyler shared on the MLS account. Um, I think I fell into some of the similar traps that that others did with some of the the chalky type captains but i was really pleased with my bench uh, i decided to go with the mccarthy 
uh, option just to see what was happening because I didn't really trust Atlanta as much. More on that in a second. Uh, but then I had uh, Plasios Lennon and Giacomakis on the bench. And so I had 36 points coming off for my field and eight points coming in for my field just off of my bench. So I was really pleased. I actually uh, set it up so that I, uh, when it came up to the end of it, was getting it, is I had two St. Louis players left. And I was like, oh, shoot, I've got five people who haven't played or four people who haven't played, and I've got three who are coming in. And so I was doing some tweaks just to, to make sure I had my my uh, a ruse set up correctly so that I could get all of these points. Cause I knew I wanted all of those points and it came down to, do I want to have Lowen or do I want to have Parker? And I think it was pretty much a bust either way, but I kept, I kept Lowen and, uh, but yeah, 107 can't really be unhappy with that hits and misses. Uh, my bench definitely came through for me right there. Um, Seeing the starting lineup that LA had, I was fine to go with and have those players locked in regardless of what they may or may not have done with their rotations. And then also really pleased with the Almada captain. I know he was not the highest point captain that you could have gotten, but I will take a 10 point captain. Very, very fine. But there were definitely some defenders who would have been solid captain choices this week as well. Mrs. Uh, Guzan, that, that was my big one. Guzan was the only keeper who you could have seen both games easily for that. And I just didn't have a lot of faith in Guzan. I'll, I'll be honest. It's nothing about the Atlanta defense or units. It's like, I didn't trust Guzan. So he was not even, not even on my short list of who I was going to go with. And he was the keeper of the round uh, this weekend in the dream team. So genuinely surprised there, but I did miss out on that. Then also one that I regret is I went back and forth about wanting Torres or not in my team who was also on the dream team and they ended up going with Mukhtar over him. And that was definitely not uh, the best pick. It was on the road at Toronto. I was kind of betting against what might happen with Toronto, but that, that one, one draw did not fall in my favor at all. Blaine, what about you? Oh, no, you could um, one ten for the round. I'll take it. It was happy with that score. Yeah. Um, more hits than misses across the board. Um, I think we all kind of were looking at heel or Lennon and GG and some of those guys, the double game weeks, and we took what we can get and they didn't disappoint us too bad. I know a 10 for Almada is not great, but not too bad, but I ended up going with heel ended up not taking Mukhtar and I had Evander in there for a nine, which given the way the rest of the round went, I think the nine there was actually really good. Um, my two big misses for the week, uh, Lowen only got me a four. I expected a little bit more from him there. Uh, St. Louis didn't get a penalty kick for him, so that always hurts. And then Zella only getting a six was a little disappointing, seeing some of the other scores that popped up. Um, Parker was the other one that I toyed with. I didn't go with Wagner. I went with Parker. Dropped a few points there. But still a five for a single game week defender without a clean sheet pretty, is all right. It's not terrible. I mean, could be better, but I'll live with that. Um, so 110 and back on the right track and climbing the overall rankings with that one. So happy with the week I had. Very good. Brandon. Uh, I, I guess technically one up to Blaine with a one eleven. Um, <laughs> the old one point gambit there, but, uh, yeah, I also bucked the trend with, uh, with the captains. So I went heel as well. Um, so doubled up the 15 instead of the 10 off of Almada. Um, just because of where I am in the standings, it, really didn't make sense for me to go with the chalk captain. So just mm -hmm. pick the uh, the best alternative and it worked out. Hey, um, 
other hits. Um, Hollingshead and Palacios, so I started both LAFC fullbacks, um, which, granted, they didn't have a best second game um, against Houston there, but uh, a 10 and a 13 I'll absolutely take. And then um, I'll say Zuprich, who um, I've noticed a little bit this season that some of the later games, especially on the Sundays, but also on the Saturdays as well, the, the last couple of matches in the game week, have this weird tendency to at least have one clean sheet in there, if not both or two. Um, so picked up a, a seven off of Zuprich while stranding Blong is seven on the bench. So a net zero, but also worked out quite well. Um, misses. I honestly wouldn't say I had too many. Um, Guzan again, just to, to double up on what Reed said there. Um, I passed him up completely because I just didn't trust Guzan. Um, but uh, the backup keeper I picked up only one point off of, so um, went to Berkey on the pivot there, and then Lewin as well. Um, I actually had Ruiz, Pablo Ruiz from RSL, for most of the week, and then scrubbed him for Lennon's 12 off the bench. Um, but even then, the three points there wouldn't have had me beat Meg. Um, Megan was on the, the show a couple weeks ago, if I remember correctly. Um, was who I lost to in a head-to-head. Um, I think I got 116 or 115, so um, just a couple points shy there. But um, all in all, not a too bad week, um, considering the last few I've had. <laughs> and Tyler. Hey, I'm, r- I'm right there with Reed in the 107 club. Yeah. <laughs> um, I won all of my head-to-head, so that moves me up to third in the Veterans League Pro Rel. I'm trying to beat Sombrero and get up to that first spot and get my name mentioned for once. <laughs> um, <laughs> my hits for the week, I had McCarthy. I had a very long conversation in one of the chats between McCarthy and Hollingshead, and I said, I'm just going the double keeper, and I'm going to risk the possible rotation. So I went McCarthy, and then I picked up Wagner instead of instead of Hollingshead. And that worked out well. It was 16 combined versus most people got 14 combined with Hongshead and either Berkey or Petrovich. So that's where I gained two points on a few people, especially black and red. (laughs) (laughs) My misses for the week, I think everyone can say Leuven was one of their big misses. But one thing, I talked to Ashley for probably two hours one one day about how much I want to fade Mukhtar all week. And I never pulled the trigger. I told her Kucho is a set and forget. You don't ever fade Kucho this week. I told her I wanted Insigne. And then I kept Mukhtar. <laughs> so I'm not even following my own advice anymore. There you go. But, that's the squiz wild. Yeah. Silly, silly goose. I know. But that's where I'm at. Uh, one thing I did want to mention, talk about some of the points coming up our bench. I got tagged in a little exchange on Twitter talking about when to activate uh, some of those players that you had. And specifically, this was taking 10 points off of the bench uh, for for some of the other options that you may have had. And for me, when we're looking at defenders and midfielders, which was the option here, 10 points is something, especially in a week like this last one, I, I would happily take where you have not the greatest selection of games. Uh, 10 points for a defender is an excellent round. So that that's a no brainer. If it's a defensive slot, if it's a midfielder slot, 
Um, it, it can be a bit more difficult, but again, 10 points is, is a solid return for, uh, for a midfielder since you're, you're looking, you're going to have to have multiple, very likely multiple um, attacking actions there, either assists or a goal with a lot of bonus points. So that's, that's definitely looking at, at a more premium result. So in my opinion, if you're looking at double digits on your bench, that's a guy you're going to want to bring in. And if it's anybody that you're concerned about on your field, then it's, it's just an, an easy switch in my opinion, then that's the switcheroo right there. That's what that is. Previewing the scores on your bench and then adjusting your team for that. Do you guys have any different take for that? Or you think that's just pretty just general, uh, a good rule of thumb for, for some of activating your bench. Always yeah. take double digits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd say, I usually say always take a seven or more because seven, that's basically saying you either got a clean sheet or a goal. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's where it gets like yeah. tough yeah. when it's it is like, like seven. The only time I've seen people really start to hedge their bets on dropping a six or leaving a six or seven on their bench and taking something is Gressel's had those late games and been in form. If you're looking at a six or seven point defender and you've got Gressel to go, maybe you get a few more points with the way he's playing. But more often you're looking at what's my head to head and do I need these extra points to try to win that matchup? That's when you take more gambles because you're you're looking for it in head to head because you know what your opponent's doing and is so much farther ahead of you. Mm-hmm. You've got to make up that ground. If it's not head to head, I used to run those in an article I wrote uh, over under. And if you're, I don't think I ever put take the, take less than a six off the bench or like to ki- uh, kill a six on the bench and go with what you've got out on the field. Like six is that kind of gold standard or 6.5. If you're at a seven, keep it all the time. If you're at a six, it depends on who the player is, but nine times out of ten, you're keeping a six as well. I was very close to playing Tim Parker over Bowanga on this this <laughs> final Sunday game. I was within like minutes of it, and then I got talked out of playing Parker. So <laughs> I would have lost two points. You would have. You would have. Yeah, it's funny because I actually did play Parker, um, so I got the other side of the coin there. But um, the way I had it set up is I came down to either taking the seven off of Buanga off the bench or any one of Parker, Zuprich, Lewin, and Ruiz were the four I had remaining to play. Um, and so far this season, I felt more comfortable with the bonus points coming off the bench or coming from those four that started mm-hmm. versus the known seven from Buanga. So again, sort of what Reed said there about or what Blaine said there, sorry about um, playing to the matchup and especially playing to head to head is there are sort of those occasions where you might feel more comfortable with the bonus points coming off the bench. But again, it's, it's really situational. And generally my rule is the same. It, I, I don't usually strand a seven unless it's one of those super high scoring bonus uh, or double game weeks that we've had in the past where so the, the minimum comfortably is nine or 10, you know, the, the ones where we get, 200 plus scores but obviously this week wasn't one of those so um yeah it really sort of depends situationally for me i think and yes. just that, parker was within minutes of a 10 here oh well. i know they gave up a late goal to <laughs> i bust saw the clean it sheet. i got so nervous i'm like man i gave up a 10 <laughs> those those last like two or three minutes because i also rolled berkey in goal like uh, i think a lot of people so it's that's 10 points there <laughs> plus or minus some of the extra bonus points as well that might have come out of that end finish. 
Um, so yeah, that, that one stung a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I had Berkey as well, but that was when I saw the eight. I was just like, nope, I'm taking an eight at a keeper. That's that's totally fine with me. And so I, I made that I made that switch. Uh, so yeah, that, I just wanted to have that quick mention. So thank you to Brendan Wilhide on, on Twitter for attacking me in that question. And thanks to Wojo as well, another one of our Discord members who had chimed in with some similar advice right there. So I thought it was a good little, a nice little way to to round off some of our takeaway section here since we don't get to talk a lot about those point comparisons too terribly often, or at least have not talked about them too terribly often this season. Well, as I said, this, or I keep doing this little clap thing. Those of you who are listening, you can't see it because you're not watching us on YouTube. Um, but we have a little bit of abbreviated section right now because we've started to hear about players who are joining MLS coming into this next transfer window. And of course, the big name is Messi. And I'm going to give these guys a little bit of time to talk about the impact of him and some of these other players that they're looking forward to in our next segment of housekeeping coming up. Hello and welcome back to our housekeeping segment for uh, this upcoming round 17. Uh, we're going to have a quick discussion first about some of the players who are coming in during this upcoming transfer window. And of course, we have to start out talking about Messi. Messi is coming. And now I think you're going to already have in your mind what we're going to say about Messi. But I'm going to tell you right now that that's wrong. You, you don't know what we're going to talk about Messi because Blaine, I'm going to let you start talking about Messi. And I'm going to I'm going to hold on. Right here again. This is this is great content for the podcast because people can't see it. So coming on to YouTube, but I am putting on a stopwatch right now. And Blaine, you are getting two minutes to talk about Messi because you had some rants about Messi. You said you weren't going to rant about Messi on the show, but I'm giving you two minutes to just talk about Messi. So use them however you wish. Starting now. Okay. So for podcast world, I'm wearing a Messi kit right now. I am a lifelong Argentina fan. Him coming to the United States is probably the biggest thing ever. I love it as a fan, as everything else. But for MLS and everything, I'm a little disgusted by the move as well. And it's not that Messi's coming. It's not that he's going to Miami. It's not what's going on. It's how they structure this. He is getting a big chunk of the Apple revenue as part of his salary. How does that work? Where are the like where's the competitive balance? Where's the integrity? I'm a big time Garber hater. I've wanted him out for 10 years. I think his style is money, 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 and anything that brings the league more money is good with him. Integrity be damned. He will they've paid part of transfer fees for players in the past to put them on certain teams. They've refused to pay transfer fees for other players who are really no different. I mean, they paid for Dempsey and Bradley. They didn't pay for Adu. Um, they let those guys pick where they wanted to go, but then Jermaine Jones comes over. Two teams are ready to pay for him. They make him go through a lottery because they didn't like his first choice team. Like, it's it's all of this shady stuff in MLS to fix the game the way they want to to make the most money. And I see more of that now. So it's really disgusting what is happening at a league level Yes, this is good, just like the Beckham thing was good for the league. And yes, people are going to say a rising tide lifts all boats. But how much Apple money is he going to get that the whole league is generating? Yes, he's going to generate some of that by himself just for joining. 
but that's league funds that are now being funneled to one player who is going to one team that he picked. It's like, I don't like the league paying salary for players. It just, it doesn't work Hi. for me. I don't care what it is. Hi, that's it. <laughs> that was Blaine. So Blaine had a slightly less than relevant <laughs> fantasy discussion <laughs> at the get out there. Uh, so Brandon, Tyler, you guys are welcome to respond to Blaine and also talk about some of the fantasy implications that you see with Messi. And then we'll open it up to others who are coming that people should be on the lookout for. I already did oh, my response in video. Video <laughs> form response. <laughs> um, I guess I'll take the floor then. Um, you know, it it is it's hard to say. I guess um in part it is very like concerning is not quite the right word, but um very much in the same boat that it's at the very minimum concerning and disconcerting as well about how the deal was structured and you have to think for some of these owners as well that the most they're seeing out of this is some increased attendance numbers for the back half of this season possibly not even next season and some of the the more cheaper owners in the league how do they feel about the revenue sharing when they're not even spending on their own teams and now they're spending on a portion of his salary <laughs> as he comes into the league. Yeah, but, Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, there's also the argument that it's, it's good for the league. It's um, more butts and seats. It's, it's more eyes on the league. I mean, hell Miami's follower numbers have been going crazy in the last oh, yeah. couple of days. <laughs> so it's, sure. Mm-hmm. It's it's both sides of the it's it's both sides of the coin where it's a good deal, but it also isn't. And then, you know, more narrowly from a fantasy perspective, yes, he's a world beater, but we've seen world beaters come to MLS and just sink to the level of the league. And honestly, at this stage, I don't know that I'm going to have him in that first week. It's going to be situational, um, but. I'm willing to throw it out there that I might not have him just because you don't know it. I guess the better way to put it is you've seen 18 year old kids coming out of MLS next pro playing at or above the level of superstars in their first game, two games, three games. And based on the number of familiar names that have been linked to the league in the last couple of days, would you maybe rather have some of those names, a Chicho Arango for RSL? Who knows? <laughs> no, absolutely. I think I think that is the the key fantasy takeaway from this is don't get distracted by the shiny object because that's exactly what we've seen. Miami is is a dumpster fire right now, and we can see maybe what happens to them some when Messi comes. Maybe he'll play in the Open Cup game against Cincinnati. I don't know. It'll break my heart, but I kind of doubt he'll be playing in those domestic things, and he'll be more focused on some of the key MLS games. But but they still have difficulties there in Miami. What's the impact going to be on these other players? Are they going to be all going for Messi, and, and people like Martinez are just not going to be getting anything anymore, or is that going to make those other players be more open so they get these points options? It's going to be something we're all going to have to wait and see, but you're exactly right, Brandon. There have been so many times when – but was it a few years ago? We were all jumping on Paxton Pomacall because he was cheap and he was producing. <laughs> Looking at things right now, I mean, Roman Celentano is tearing it up and he's not even getting paid as much 
as Khan, who's just the USL keeper at this time. Like we have so yeah. many players, <laughs> but St. Louis in general, when they started this season for some great value players that were great for fantasy, but also yeah. on the MLS side, there have been players who have come in and made big impacts who have not required these big signings. Directly related to what Blaine said, to my knowledge, I've been looking around, we don't know the exact details of the deal. We know there is Adidas sharing, we know there is Apple sharing, and that there's portions of what MLS does to get players over here as well. The Adidas thing you just take off the table right off the top, I believe, because they have been sponsoring Messi since he was a child. Like he and Adidas, that's <laughs> just how they work right there. The Apple deal and the Adidas deal also were renewed before Messi came. So there's less ability for them to leverage some of that beyond what's already right there. For the Apple deal, I mean, that's that's an Apple decision is how I view it. I mean, sure, I'm sure Garber is talking to them, like wanting them to do that, but that's Apple's decision to do profit sharing with that. I don't I don't know if there's anything in there, but at the end of the day, you pay for Messi. Everyone's, Barca paid for Messi. PSG paid for Messi. Saudi Arabia tried to pay for Messi. We're Tried getting a billion dollars. Yeah, we're getting Messi into the league <laughs> during a World Cup buildup period. And that's going to be huge for the league and for the sport in general. And also to echo what Shannon said, this was also a decision that was very much made in uh, the light of needs for family. And Miami is a market that very much suits what I think he's looking for uh, as he's coming down off his career. So I think this is a player that you pay. And I think the fantasy impacts are going to have to be gauged with caution because everyone's going to want him. You're going to want to try to get that, but definitely look and see what happens um, bef before you just go adding him to your team. We will talk more about him absolutely as we get closer to him actually being in the game. Uh, but we did, of course, want to have a little bit of our own contribution to the Messi fight. But there are other players who have joined the league that we I think are worth mentioning. Okay. Before you jump, Black and Red had a comment, and he goes, I want to know what Messi is going to be priced at. So while we're on this, what do you think is a fair <laughs> price to start with? First off, will he be a mid or a forward? Important question. He'll They'll make forward. him a mid because everybody wants him. But he's a forward. We'll talk to Well, Skyler is he a forward in the anyway. Miami? What are Miami going to do with him is the other question because... He's pr they're probably going to play him as a 10. Yeah, they're surely going to play him as a 10, but yeah. then I guess how does he fit into... That side, and... I think I think he just gets priced in at an even ten mil because you can't no, price him too high, no, too low. I, no, I, I I had him at twelve or thirteen about a week ago. Yeah, I I, I think thirteen is where he'd come in. 12, 12 or thirteen is probably probably I, fair for what you're Based on based should... on who else is available. All right, I'll put my little bug in Skyler's ear. <laughs> I think he should start at fifteen with that name. Fifteen. And yeah. I That's more expensive than Mukhtar right now. Yeah, he's better than Mukhtar. It's more expensive than Almada. Reed let me have my rant, but I wanted to get in. I will probably take him week one. Um, I got, yeah, I got called on it a couple of weeks ago. I know I've missed a few, but I got called on it. I said Miami's not a great scoring team. I think that's when they were getting ready to play Montreal. And somebody corrected me and said they've scored in their last five games. I they haven't I been did. a great defensive team, but somebody corrected me immediately and said, no, they've scored in their last five games. They're a good scoring team. Then they got shut out by Montreal and New York. <laughs> like, Miami's all over the place. I'm not defending them as a team, but somebody told me, and I took it to heart, and so I haven't bet against Miami scoring quite as much as I I was because I looked at it and I'm like, oh, I was wrong. They were right. 
Miami is not a team that doesn't score all the time. Now they've been missing some pieces and whatnot, but you put Campania in front of him. You put Martinez Joseph. in front of him. Let yep. Messi feed some guys. You've got some proven finishers there. Yep. I think he's walking into a team that's just needing some creativity in the midfield. And that's been their problem all year. You give them that creativity with a world beater like him. I mean, they could have four or five goals a game when he comes out there because the hype is real. Yeah, they were doing good with Mota and Gregory. I was going to say, the comparison is going to be weird because it partially makes me think back to Gonzalo Higuain when he first arrived, where there would be games where Higuain would go off with a brace or a hat trick, and the other games where he just floated around and did nothing and picked up a one at the end of the day. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Miami are so hot and cold at times that it's it's not necessarily hard to rely on them, but it's it's a difficult choice to make when presented with some of the other options. And obviously those options might change with, with Messi when he comes in, again with the surprise and the positioning and all that. Um, but, yeah. I have to assume he's going to be on all set pieces within range of goal. The yep. vast majority of corners, because that's who he is. Yep. And... I mean, I would say it's a crapshoot because Martinez, if he's playing, is so good at penalties. Joseph is almost unbeatable at penalties. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a <laughs> but at the same time, people are paying to see Messi. They may just have it in there. Messi is taking them if he is on the field because that's what people want and that's what's expected. Yeah. And Once he I misses can't one. <laughs> that logic. If you've got him taking all sets, all corners, and penalties, and he's a creative force behind all of those guys. He's going to see a lot of the ball. Those bonus points are there. He can still, I firmly believe he can dribble through pretty much any defender in MLS. Oh, right probably. Now. But I also and, can't wait for the week where he gets absolutely two footed 30 seconds into a match by your Ozzy Alonso, <laughs> Alvis Powell. Yeah. <laughs> Diego Chara wrecking come him. come up for one game for ne- from Next Pro. No, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who else is coming in right now that's worth mentioning to be, keep on people's radar? The Chicho Arango. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Bopenza for yes. Cincy. Who is the other big name? Um, Puki for Mini. Yep. And then Columbus just signed a center back, but that's that's Could forget about that. <laughs> Columbus and they're getting Degnick back ish soon ish. Yeah, Columbus sending a center back is just good for the solidity of that team. It's not yeah. necessarily he's going to be good. No. It's just if he comes in there and plays better than what they've had, the team is going to get better. No, not all of these are official. I think only Arango and Messi are official right now. Um, but also, I well, did Minnesota see... have been ma- making. They dropped Amaria the other day. So now they have the international spot and the DP spot open. Yeah, it's just not official. Yeah, writing on the wall, but not officially official. I know there were some rumors about Taddy coming back because his loan was up, but it looks like he's actually going to Beneficia. I think that's how you say it. Um, Ike Ugbo, the Canadian international, um, relegated with Troy this season in Liga, but um, there were some rumors about him signing with New York City FC as well. Um, if they don't get Tati back, I don't think they are. It looks like they're getting ready to sell him off. Yeah. Yeah, and um, 
Bupinza's a uh, like finalizing. So I mean, I feel like that's pretty much a done deal. But I mean, it, technically, it's just been announced as finalizing a deal for Cincinnati, replacing Brenner. So that'll be very interesting. Been happy with Baji up there doing some some good work for us, uh, but. Um, on the other side, Reed, there's some there's news coming in Kansas City that Chivas is putting together a bid for Polito oh. before the end of the season. Oh, 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 yeah. Um, and that he is out of contract at the end of this year and unlikely to return. So there is better than average chance if the offer comes in any clear or close to fair, they're going to cash out and let him go. It's probably going to be a lot of Almada transfer rumors this summer, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. So we'll have more on that later on as we get a bit closer to to the window. But we did want to have a little bit of that, of course, joining the messy hype and talk about some of the the players that we are looking forward to, at least right now, as they're coming into the team. But let's get back on track and talk about the housekeeping for round 17. This is a strange double double by game week. It's 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 technically a double game week, but it's also a massive bye week here so it's one of these little faux double games it's it's essentially a single game week guys it's essentially a single game week with far with a single team double and a bunch yeah. of teams away because of international duty so it's just just hang on for this so everything starts wednesday june 14th at 10 30 p.m eastern standard time with lafc versus houston uh so that's going to be the, the wednesday game Everything else is going to kick off on Saturday. There are no Sunday games this week. So you're going to be paying attention to Wednesday and Saturday, at least Wednesday, if you want LAFC and Houston players, which we'll talk about those options in just a moment. Uh, as far as like the DGW, it's only LAFC. So it's not Houston. It's just LAFC. And for buys, it is Austin, Seattle, New York, Red Bulls, Miami, Toronto, Vancouver, Colorado, Chicago, Philly, Minnesota, LA Galaxy, Montreal, at, uh, Atlanta, Dallas, FC, Cincinnati, and Charlotte. So the half the, league. half the league, exactly <laughs> half the league. Anything else is there? That's that's there. We only have let's see here two, four, six, seven games this round. So the majority of players are gone. Now, earlier today, Houston was being listed as on a buy. That is incorrect. And that has been corrected in the game. So you, if you have not logged on since earlier this morning, you should be seeing that listed correctly. And it was throwing a few people off earlier. Uh, as far as switcheroos go this round, you have plenty of options. For myself, I picked FC Cincinnati players because that just makes me happy. And they have a lot of 4.0 people still that I can use. Uh, but any 4.0 players that you can pick are going to let you maximize the money that you have. And they will be very easy. Just pick the buy players. You just you will They will not play. Just pick the buy players and you will 15 be 15 bye weeks. Fine. That's yes. right. You will be <laughs> fine with that for all of your switcheroos right there. Um, as far as some of these options, you you can definitely see two games from LAFC if you want to try to do some of the keeperoos and switcheroos that we're going to talk about coming up. It's going to be tight, uh, but, but you have that ability if you want that ability, if you're just going to just uh, set and play and go from there. But uh, yeah, don't forget game start Wednesday at 1030 and then everything else kicks off on Saturday. And of course, we do have always the reason why internationals are here. Tyler's got some rundown for us, a little bit of abbreviated rundown because there's no reason to talk about the teams on a bye. So Tyler, <laughs> who's who yeah. are the important all ups or injuries or, or feedback that you have for us for this round? Yeah, there's actually quite a few important ones for this week. LAFC, I know, is going to be a primary target for a lot of people. 
some of the, the pretty much every name on their call-up list is an important name. We have Bowanga, Sifuentes, Maldonado, Poku, and Palacios. For Houston, you have Karaskia. Nobody cares about NYC. For Gene does <laughs> all the sad looks. Oh, sorry, fans sorry, sorry. Shanoa is gone for <laughs> NYC. <laughs> Uh, another big name that's not here for Columbus is Lucas Zelarayan will not be available. For DC, you have Funtas and Paulson. For RSL, Savarino and Julio uh, Anderson Julio are out. The Revs are missing Petrovic and McCoon. Orlando is also missing Cartanega, who I think has been the center defensive mid or something like that. And then they have uh, Galeses out and Facundo's out. Nashville's missing Zimmerman and Godoy. Timbers are missing Ivasic and Mosquera. And the San Jose Earthquakes are missing Acapo, Grezo, Montiero, and Trauco. I do want to point out, though, this is all pinned on the general chat of the Discord. So go check that out and look at the pins there if you need a reminder. Yeah, and this is something that was just posted in Discord, just posted on Twitter 15 minutes ago. And so pardon my not knowing who, who which players may be eligible with here. But uh, Nicaragua have been kicked out of the CONCACAF Gold Cup for fielding yep. an ineligible player uh, in eight of their matches. And so Trinidad and Tobago will be taking their place and join oh. the U.S. Men National Team in Group A. So yep. uh, when we get to CONCACAF Gold Cup times, that's going to have some additional impact as well. And I I, I don't know how we're impacted at, at this time because I literally happy Happy Jovan Jones noises in the background <laughs> from somewhere. <laughs> so so there we go. Let's a uh, quick little update there. Just worth mentioning right now. Uh, but yes, thank you so much, Tyler, for giving us that update. I may mean, know we had a lot of things happen last week, had some red cards and things from, from this previous round, but those teams are not playing this round. So be sure to head over awesome. to the MLS Fancy Boss Discord. Did you, were, were you going to keep, did I catch you the, off? Well, the, there's three big yellow card watch or yellow card accumulation guys from this week. So Orlando already are out Galese Facundo. They're also out Antonio Carlos and Kyle Smith on yellow card watch. And then Franco Escobar is out midweek for Houston. Those are the main ones. And I got a little bit. I apologize for my excitement to plug the Discord and the mega reference over at the Discord community where you can keep track of all of these cards and the call-ups and injuries that are out there. And even contribute if you have feedback for our team right there. You can head over to MLSFantasyBoss.com slash Discord. And that is the easiest way to get access to our Discord community. It's fun, it's free, and you can talk to great fellows like who are with us here on the show. And you can even talk to Ashley, who uh, is not with us tonight. And she's probably going to get mad at me because I didn't mention this at the beginning of the show, but she talked about it at the end of the show, or maybe it was with me after the show, I don't remember. But she is out hanging out with a friend tonight, but she also is on our Discord and you can ping her as well. So, so I'm sorry I didn't mention that earlier. I'm sure she's going to be like, of course, Reed, you always forget me. Well, I have her name highlighted in green on the rundown, so I don't forget Ashley, but I didn't highlight it at the top of the show because that's not normally where I highlight it. Anyway, uh, coming up next, we're going to be talking about the players who are remaining, who we think are worth targeting for this double game week. And if you're going to end up with just a bunch of chalk or if you can find a way to find some differentials, we'll, we'll know more coming up next. 
All right, welcome back. We're here to talk about our player recommendations and targets for going into round 17 here, uh, starting out as always with keepers and defenders. And guys, this is going to be a, a challenging week to not be chalky. So uh, I know we were all a lot on the same kind of wavelength right here. Is is chalk inedible or is this a round where you should be chalky just to sort of maybe protect what you have? I'll let you answer that yourself before you get into your your picks with each of your sections. So Blaine, kick us off. Yeah, I think this is a round where you've got to identify the big chalky picks and just go with them. I mean, that's there's not a ton of variance you can have with such a small slate of games. And so you got to find the ones that are there and the ones that you like, and then go with the few differentials you really trust on guys in favor of guys you think are going to have just a little bit of a substandard week given all the rotation. Um, with that said, defense, I'm going really chalky with that. I have McCarthy on the front end of a keeper to whoever San Jose starts. It's probably going to be Daniel, but I'm going to keep an eye on that. That I can see that 90% of that second LA game before I have to make my switch. And if Sporting is scored and the first game doesn't look good, I may go ahead and make the switch. But here I'm just tempted to you run with the double game week keeper because the minutes played plus bonus points, generally you're only going to miss out on one or two points if your single game week guy gets the clean sheet. It would have to be something special like a PK and and the clean sheet to really lose a ton of points. So I tend to run with just a double game week keeper. Uh, right now it's Hollingshead, Pines, and Rodriguez on my back line with two scrubs um, with all the variants this week and not trusting many defenders. I'm just not with it. I'm actually tempted to triple up with some bench play with LA and just run three on defense. See who's starting that first game. I I like double points on the back. If they go four, if they go 180 minutes, that's your point. That's your four points for points right there. If they pick up just two bonus points per game, they're at clean sheet level for a single game weight guy. It is really hard to turn that down. I'm struggling with all the absences and the rotation to see where LA's players are going to be. I'm really tempted just to triple up here. A couple of those guys on the bench so you can see it gives you a little bit of chance to pivot, especially if that first game is bad. And you can go where you need to with other defenders. But I like the double points here. I like seeing extra minutes from these guys. The other ones, I pick kind of the best of who's there, but I see all of these opponents as being able to score. Petrovic is out for New England. Maybe I'm overlooking New England, and that's the one kind of spot I'm I'm still contemplating. Maybe Orlando's not going to score without Torres there. New England's the team you really need to be looking at, and I haven't done enough thought on that one yet because I've been focusing more on how do I fit my L.A. guys into this roster, and I think it's heavy L.A. defense, and then fill in with guys that either score goals, get bonus points, or take a flyer on the New England clean sheet. Tyler? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same wavelength with the double game week keeper. I don't see why you wouldn't have him. But at the same time, we saw what happened two, what, two days ago with Houston and LAFC. It was literally LAFC's worst loss ever at a 4-0 loss to Houston of all teams. <laughs> Can they repeat it on the road in the bonk? Probably not. But <laughs> but it it makes you think like 
do I really it's trust? Do, you, do I trust <laughs> McCarthy? And even when he's I, he won't have Palacios, he won't have Bawanga taking pressure off, Sefuentes taking pressure off. Those are some big names, and he won't have Maldonado, who's his center back right now. Like that's a that's a lot to think about, and I do really want McCarthy, and I would go into Daniel, but I'm also thinking of just doing a single single game week keeperu with uh, Tyler Miller and into Daniel. My defenders right now, I'm gonna probably throw Hollingshead on the bench and then play with Pines and Rodriguez on the field with. I think my backup options are like Shaq Moore and Castellanos for SKC. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much I wanted to say that. <laughs> you know, it's bad when Blaine laughs at you <laughs> about his own defense. No. But they're they're the team with the least call-ups right now. And I'm like, maybe, maybe they can still stabilize a little bit. And I mean, they just got a shutout against Mini. So, I don't see why it wouldn't be a bad idea, especially when LAFC are missing a lot of pieces. And they didn't look good the last couple games. Yeah, I, on that, I don't. I'm not looking at it because I just trust LAFC a little bit more than that. I think they find a way to score a goal. But if they get shut out to Houston at home, that's back to back shutouts. If they have to go it's on actually the road, three shutouts in a three, row. Okay. Yeah, if they're coming in without those scores and they're missing their guys, like it, it really that midweek game is going to tell you if you can take sporting defense on the weekend or not. Yeah. If the LA yeah. looks that bad missing that many players, I think you do take a risk and you bet against them a little bit. It's not where I'm going because I just I've seen us give up too many goals late in games <laughs> that way to blow a clean sheet. Like, but that's my homer bias coming in. I don't trust my own team that way. I I might play Castellanos though. He's my he's my first go to if I have the option. Bold bold move there, Brandon. What about you? Uh, same boat with the keepers. Um, I've got McCarthy on the front end, and really for me, it's any of the bonus point generating keepers. Um, you could go with Daniel, as I think a lot of people are. Um, I've looked at Willis or Berkey. Um. I doubt budget's a problem for anyone at this stage, and especially with only 14 teams to choose from, your options are fairly limited. But um, yep, any keeper that generates a decent amount of save bonus points, especially in a week like this where you aren't flush for options, some of those bonus points might come in clutch for you when it comes to things like head-to-heads, just making incremental gains if you're looking for that kind of thing. Um, Defense-wise, sort of the same picture. really targeting teams rather than specific players this week for um just because when i looked at it earlier it it didn't really feel right for you know certain players that you might target from week to week a lot of these teams i think generate some decent bonus points um obviously there are some of the bigger names that you might want to go for like a tim parker um i've got rodriguez on the back end especially just to have that switcheroo available um with them playing the 10:30 game, 10:30 Eastern, 7:30 Pacific, um, just the easiest place to go to. Um, the one place I think we've departed from a lot of people here. Um, I've got a double crew defense of Amundsen and Marrera. Um, 
not for the clean sheet because again it's nyc in nyc at yankee so it's a it's a ground that they do fairly well at um but with nyc's struggles with form as of late um a lot of draws a lot of losses um i don't see it as a terrible pick when it comes to um having that clean sheet chance but again a minute more for the bonus points um just because both of them have been generating i think fours and fives for the last couple of weeks here um and then hollingshead is my fifth on the bench again just with that midweek game um i'd rather see that and then make a decision over playing hollingshead outright yeah, I agree with uh, with what you guys said about the keepers. If if you are wanting to play the double game week keeper and see the games, then I don't see how you have any option besides McCarthy and Daniel. It just makes the most sense if you're trying to do that. Inevitably, the way that our games kick off, you will not be able to see the final minutes of Sporting Kansas City versus LAFC since uh, San Jose game starts at 1030. But it is the only option you have if you want to get as close to seeing uh, the full two games potentially that McCarthy might have. Now, the interesting comment I saw in chat is if you don't care about McCarthy's second game, if you just view him as a single game week keeper, how does that impact how you're playing? And I think you guys have touched on some of the other ones as well. I mean, Miller absolutely, I think, becomes a bit more of an option. He is one of the higher bonus point producing keepers that we were just talking about uh, going up against RSL. Uh, I think it's spot on to, to be, have New England and Orlando be a very question mark game with just some e players missing on both of those i i just find that very questionable indeed that nashville st louis game is also just up there in the air nashville's not missing a lot of pieces from, but from neither their is st louis neither is i was, I was yeah. just getting never talking about the defenses <laughs> they're not missing a lot of their of their pieces and their defense hasn't been as strong this year as it's been in past but st louis is still there as well and I'm even going to throw out there, you don't know what's going to happen in St. Louis or in, uh, sorry, in San Jose. Uh, but again, for the majority of this of this year, still right there over there in um, for Portland, we uh, have some bonus points being produced there from McGraw. Is that right? So I think he was uh, yeah like eight points last last week. He's he's been a, a bonus point producing machine. So if this turns into some sort of schlag or like a 1-1 draw or a 0-0 draw, there could be some, some pretty crazy points there uh, without saying absolutely a bench play for, for that as, as with so many points. But I'm just, I'm just throwing some things out there of like, if if you look at some of these LA guys, it's like I'm just counting this as a single game week team. It, it does absolutely open up some of the options that you have have right there. And, and who knows, maybe even Sporting Kansas City will – surprise you though though lucky i think to have that as we were talking about before the show with reynoso being back for 45 minutes and generating five shots and six key passes in that time <laughs> to not get a goal against sporting kansas city maybe there's some more to your defense blame than you are letting on to at this time <laughs> so let's move quiet, it. quiet. I, I just watched no him comment. give up a late goal to austin that's my <laughs> no, no comment all right well let's move on brandon Oh, no, I was just going to say black and red as a, as a, a fun Pedro Santos shout as well for DCU. Um, another fun bonus point guy that um, I've been looking at on and off. Mm -hmm. um, could be another option. 730 games, so you could stick him on his, on a bench if you're running like a three back. Yeah. Um, gives you that extra option. Um, 
the other thing I was going to say is, is set pieces for some of these teams are a little bit shaky, especially in the defending territory. Um, Portland historically haven't been the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have said Trauco, but he being on international duty, I guess defaults now back to Rodriguez. Um, if you do want a, a shot at a center back goal, I w- wouldn't bet on it necessarily. But again, that's, I guess, another angle you can take to this week is, especially with the limited options, yeah. where you can find those those minor gains. Well, let's move on to talk about midfielders now. Tyler, who are you looking at? Mids. I, I feel pretty chalky in midfield. I have... Christian Espinoza, because you always take him at home. I have Heal, you always take him at home. <laughs> I have Mukhtar. And then my two kind of different, I, I don't know if I'd call them differential. There's no real differentials this week. But my different picks are, I have Hector Herrera after seeing his performance against LAFC. And just seeing his floor in general, I think he's a good pick, mm-hmm. even on the road. And then, I'm not confident about it, but I have Eric Tommy right now starting. But I'm not confident. I'd rather, I feel, sounds weird to say, I'd feel safer going, like, Mateus Click instead of Tommy. So, that's, like, my backup that I'm flipping between Tommy and Click. Brandon, you have a lot of question marks by your names, and I love it. Yes, um, I am everywhere and nowhere this week with the mids. Um, as far as the chalk goes, I actually faded Mukhtar last week, but in a relatively potentially high scoring, even though it's Nashville and St. Louis, not necessarily known for being high scoring, um, that one could see a lot of chances, I feel. Um, so I did throw Mukhtar uh, into the lineup. Um, Herrera as well, again, just with the floor. How he performed last week, I think that's a no-brainer. And then, much like Tyler, I have two main question marks in my midfield in terms of guys that I'm not fully solid on yet. Um, so, Polster is my first, um, just because of his floor the last couple of weeks. Um, I don't see a ton of upside in the mids this week. Um, so, I've thrown him in as my fourth. And then, I've got a question mark next to Espinoza just because of how... He's performed since Cade Cowell left for the U20s, and then now that he's back. Um, but he's before, about to leave. <laughs> Yeah, and then, yeah, Cowell's about to leave again. But um, just That's fair. the floor there seems to have evaporated a little bit. And so I've got a question mark next to that name, and I, I'll let Blaine sort of – he's got a, a fun note I'll, I'll pre-shadow there. Um, so I'll, I'll leave that one up to Blaine. But – um, just a couple of other guys I've thrown onto the lo- the long list for this week is is any of the NYC uh, attacking mids, depending on who starts where. Uh, could be a Santi, could be a, a Gabriel Ferreira, um, even a Rashila Desmo week if he gets the start. Um, especially against uh, a slightly makeshift Columbus backline. Um, even though I do have Columbus defenders. Um, I'm not necessarily afraid of taking an NYC mid there. And the one big, again, not really differential just because of the numbers this week, but Eric Duenas for LAFC, um, just because of their availability issues this week. Um, Duenas has picked up a couple of starts in the last week or two um, and could be somewhere to go, especially if you're 
along the lines of getting a double week or, or double game week mid and you're not as enticed by like an Elias Sanchez, for example. Blaine. Yeah, I've only got really two chalk picks just because I don't know what's going to happen with all the rotation. Uh, Heel and Mook at home, I think those are the two you have to have. I was I started off a lot different with the week, but the fun note that Brandon was talking about is just with everything going on, with everything I've seen, with all the call-ups and whatnot, I think it's uh, Fade Espinosa at this point. I Grueso's not behind him. Uh, Montiero's going to be out. He's going to be the only guy there to really focus on. It's just, I don't, I don't like what I'm seeing. I don't like the way they're playing right now. I don't trust his scores. He hasn't had a goal in the last six games. He's just, he's not playing as well as he did early in the season. And I think we're still biased by how hot he was to start. And he's just not doing it right now. And I think the way the team is built for this week, it's not going to go well for him. So I think it's fade him. I think you can do better with some of these other names. Herrera, depending on the way everything lines up, because I know Kareski is out as well for Houston on international. It's kind of going to depend on where Herrera is in that when in that midweek game. If I see him playing the 10 or playing a little more advanced, I like him a lot in that. I think Kareski is eating into some of his bonus points, and they're sharing a lot of that, but he could be good. Brandon, you stole one of mine. Polster's been a guy I've had in draft for the last few weeks, and he has been going off. And I, I think... stole him off of me off waivers. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, just, he's a guy he's been hitting. He's been quietly doing it, and this is the perfect week to bring in a guy like that who's been, had some sneaky double-digit games, but he's putting up consistent sixes and sevens right now, playing in a great formation for him. And so I think this is a week you could definitely look at a differential there if you think a couple of the big names are going to have a little bit of a slump. And then uh, Click, Tommy, and Evander are the other three that I'm really high on. I've got to pick three of those five I've just mentioned. And I think any of those guys could have a good week. It's kind of lineup dependent. I want to see how things go. Um, it's early enough. I'm going to echo what you said a little bit. I like New York City's attack depending on how they line up. And I want to see what Columbus looks like. If that's all over the place, if I feel like City's got a pretty decent score or pretty decent lineup coming out there and Columbus looks like they're going to be all over the place and struggle to keep it together. Um, yeah, I don't mind Santi or Pereira as a bench play in that second game time slot where you can easily pivot or see other scores. It gives you some options there. And those guys have both been known to put in goals. And I think this is one of those games where they could easily see some decent points on a week where we're struggling to find specific players that are going to just give us the points we expect. I think everybody's in for a down week with a lot of rotation. And so I just I want to know where it's going. So the only name that I will add to this list, otherwise you guys have touched on a lot of good options, is uh, Morris over with Columbus. And the reason I have him on uh, probably a short list, of, probably within my top five of, of I was considering this week, is because Zella is gone. Not going to be there. Morris did very well at the start of the season when Zella was unavailable and has had uh, some good moments 
since then. And these last two games, he has gotten assists in both games. So a little bit of a form wave going on, going into when Zella is not available. And Cucho is still here, so there's still targets there. The question is going to be is will he have the ability to be creative and look for those options, or will Columbus be on a back foot? That That's going to be a question. But that's the only other name that I will throw into this mix. Otherwise, I think you guys have uh, summed things up very well. Oh, so close to getting him in a Canada shirt. <laughs> very, very. It's been... It's been the talk of the town for the last week or so. <laughs> oh, so close. I'm sorry. Sorry for your so, loss. So close. So close. Just so close. All right, let's move on to forwards. Who are you targeting, Brandon? Um, Ranch mentioned it off the top. I think you have to start Kucho. Um, just the form. It it's really just the form. Um, a little bit of the NYC defense as well, but again, that NYC defense has surprisingly been solid at least from a fantasy production perspective um especially with the names that they've had to sort of cobble together back there um kufre and turnbull i think started the last one um it's an interesting time but um i've got kucho starting um especially if um with zella out you've also got matan as an option in the midfield who will probably be on all sets and isn't a bad set piece taker um that I guess is another avenue that you could go. Um, other than that, I've kind of penciled in um, Polito after the week he had. And uh, with Funtas on international duty, I've thrown in Benteke as my third. Um, I'm not opposed to just scrubbing out any of these forwards, though, because uh, with the exception of Kucho, I should say, because, again, it's just a bit of a dearth for forwards this week, it seems. Very, very true. Very true. Blaine. Yeah, Cucho and Polito were the first two I threw in. Um, Cucho's form is just too good. That may be a bench play for me, just because I don't. If the lineups don't look right, I mean, he's not. He's not my captain, so it's not a hard one to do. It's the early time slot. I can get away from it if I need to. Just because I worry about going on the road at New York City without Zella with a makeshift backline. I don't know how far back they're going to be having to play as a team. He just may not get the opportunities we expect, but I think he's too important to pass up. So he's definitely in my team. He just may be a bench role. And then playing around with it a little bit. If Vela starts that first one, I mean, he should start with the double game week with all the absences, but Who's got service for him? What's he going to do? Is he going to be the service and who's he giving it to? Like, I just, I struggle to see how that whole attack is going to work with so many players gone. And I think teams can shut him down. I, we've been a little higher on Houston's defense and they did just shut down LA. They're not as bad as they've been in the past. And there's just so much. And then sporting, as we've talked about defensively, they're getting better. This could be just, I, if LFC's got the anemic attack, I don't want Vela. But if I feel like they're going to give me something in that first game, he's probably the guy you want, and you take the double game week option there. And then I'm honestly talk, talking about the double or the triple up and go with Shallowy and have run Polito, Shallowy, and Tommy potentially as a triple up in the SKC attack. Um, that is totally dependent on what happens in that midweek game for LA. But if they're coming in on tired legs, they've done – CCL, they've had all this, they've had all this extra congestion. 
and they're missing so many players. If they come in dead to Kansas City, that could be another one of those big goal romps. And Sporting has found scoring lately, and if they're going to keep it up, those are the three guys that are getting involved right now. So I don't see a problem with taking both here, especially if one of them's a bench play on that. It's really easy to get pivot to a later game or just take the best off your bench. But I could really see doubling up on the forward spot with Kansas City right here and just hoping that L.A. lays an egg like they did last week. Tyler? Yeah, you, Cucho is just chalk. You have to take him. You don't fade Cucho. I was saying in chat, I'm very surprised Columbia did not call him up to their international team. It looks like he's been called up quite a few times in the past. So no idea what stopped them from calling him this time. But he is available. Uh, I'm in the same wavelength as as both Brandon and Blaine, where I think Polito is the go-to SKC play. But if I were to fade him, I would look at Bobby Wood. He's in a good scoring form right now. And that's pretty much who Heal is going to be feeding against a Orlando team without their primary... Their two, what, three of their defenders and their goalie. Like, why not go for an attacker against that? So I'm heavily considering Bobby Wood and no read. This is not a never Vela week. I am <laughs> on Vela as of right now. I'm probably going to be benching him though because Absolutely. I don't trust him. <laughs> but I think still, Bowanga's not there. Vela's probably going to be taking at least half. Vela. Vela's going to be taking at least half sets, and he should be on every PK, even though he just had two horrendous PKs. <laughs> I mean, let's just I, get one thing clear. Everybody should absolutely have all of your LAFC players on your bench for this round. Like, there's there's yes. no reason to get locked into an LAFC player on your field with uh, after that the Wednesday game. So everybody should yes. have them on your bench. I agree. Tyler out here uh, manifesting a Mason Stajduhar uh, clean sheet there with the Bobby Wood comments. <laughs> <laughs> so he's doing. Absolutely. Uh, no additions. I think you guys touched on all the forwards. And I know people some, had some comments in chat, but I think you guys touched on all the ones that are going to be looking at. It's going to come down, is this a two or a three forward week for you? And then where are you going to make those those changes with your team? So uh, it's, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Now, the big question, especially after some of the comments you all made, who is your captain target going to be for this round? Blaine. <laughs> I don't want to take Heal as my captain, but everything says he's probably your safest pick from the midfield. Given the rotation in Orlando, given the injuries and everything, I I mean, he's the safe pick. If you pressed me on a double game week just because we're doing it, um, Honestly, I think you start in Captain Hollingshead as the best wow. potential bonus point generator. If you're going to go double game week, only if you're dead set on going double game week. I think he's got the highest score from L.A. this week. Um, but part of me, after seeing what they had and knowing what L.A.'s doing, part of me wants to go with the homer pick and take Polito. He's coming off a brace with an assist tacked onto it. If L.A. does what they did against Houston. I mean, we're looking at more goals and everything. And I think at this point in the season, if it's differential time and everything, I think he's my go-to differential because everybody else is going to have heal. 
All right, Tyler. ECG. But I, <laughs> if I'm not on heel, I feel like everyone's going to say heel. If I'm not on him, I would consider Hector Herrera this week. But I think heel is the way to go. Brandon. Blaine says everyone will be on heel, and I will count as, I guess, everyone, because I am on heel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's going to be going to be tough. I mean, heel's definitely going to be the consensus one. Uh, Hollingshead, bold right there, I think. Forwards, again, for me, always just, just too too risky i i think your other option that maybe this is the the dark horse differential is going to come down to how do you think espinosa is going to do so that that might be a third name to throw out there if you think he's going to suffer from some of those absences or if you think he's going to benefit from being the one that's left that has to do it all um and we'll see so i i think maybe that's the third name so he'll Hector Herrera and Espinosa, kind of a, a classic trio of midfielders there that we're putting out potentially as some some captains and with a little bit of Hollingshead for for some some spice for uh for those of you who like to do that sort of thing. So uh going to chat real quick. Love the messy shout out. Gene, thank you for the spirit of Breck Shea, Tyler. Uh always good. But yeah, it looks like heel is the overwhelming uh pick even with chat as well as everybody betting against Orlando. Understand. Christian, Christian Captain Colster. <laughs> yeah. Christian's in chat giving Honey Mukhtar some love. And I can yeah. see that. We always like him at home. Christian's been the biggest advocate. You only ever play him at home. He's at home to St. Louis. I mean, I get it. It's another good one. Probably if you're not going heel, if you want to get away from that, that's probably your next best midfielder. But Christian's dead wrong in saying heel has <laughs> or that Mukhtar has the better matchup. <laughs> Then he'll, he'll have wow, and that comes from Blaine, who who bleeds <laughs> hatred for St. Louis. So, yeah, there we go. No. Orlando <laughs> is without five starters. You, yeah, no, absolutely. You've got to keep that in mind when you're making this captain pick, and I think that's getting lost in some of this, and that's why everybody's on him. Well, and it's the big thing too about Bobby Wood that was mentioned of like, oh yeah, yeah, don't forget about don't forget about who Orlando starts at, at yeah. as well. So definitely, again, that's part of the play for potentially three forwards. They've got some injured defenders as well, Orlando. So that back line entirely might just be makeshift for yeah. Saturday. Paper. It's going to be like Schlegel, Paper Jansen, and Patrasso's injured. favorite defender. <laughs> the spirit of Breck Shea. That's, that's who's hey, defending for Orlando. Good news is we shamed Christian into changing it from Hani to heel. So we're good. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Join the chalk train. All right, well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And I hope you enjoyed the show and a little bit of uh, a fun chit-chat that we had in the middle of the section. Uh, Blaine's rants, always fun right there. Uh, we're going to wrap up everything, as always, with our plugs. Tyler. I'm going to plug Nico Moreno. He's one of the, uh, basically, like a, what is it that you do, Brandon? Uh, <laughs> the reporter, uh, media. A, a media reporter for the sounders he's actually been playing the fantasy game and he is posting his team each week after it finishes and nice so you got to join the Discord? i'm trying okay. i am i'm trying to get him to join the podcast I've been messaging <laughs> him seeing if he'll join us on the podcast someday at me i will i be will like hello blank uh, thanks to everybody around here for being understanding when life comes up um i've been out a little bit lately uh lily turned six a couple of weeks ago and loxley turns one this week so we've been sandwiched between birthdays and family stuff and trying to get all that done so 
huge shout out to my kids that are generally in bed about the time I start doing this, but they put up with me being a little busy doing this and it's just big milestones for them. And so got to shout out to my kids and really all the kids that are around this community because there's a bunch of them there and we take our time to do this. And I know the kids have to go with the other parents. So. Excellent. Brandon. Um, Let's go with, uh, well, I guess first off, the, the mega reference, always looking for more people. Um, I know that there's a few of us on the Discord that aren't always able to commit the full time to it. So the more the merrier. Um, and also it's Pride Month. So happy Pride Month. And uh, go donate to some Pride Raisers because there's uh, some really good causes that to, are being supported by goals being scored by some of these teams. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. As always, I will plug the MLSFantasyBoss.com website, where uh, even with this crazy double game week schedule, we're still getting the content out right there. Uh, we've got some differential articles. We have the recap of this podcast with the links, and we also have our Discord player poll, which is available right now for you to go over to the Discord and vote for who you think are going to be, or well, not who you think, just who you like for each of the positions. We add all those up. We post the, the results in our own rankings compared to the MLS rankings each round. So it's very fun. Please do participate because the quicker people participate and the more people who participate, the less I do at all in the Discord channel. And uh, everyone always appreciates fewer of those messages. Uh, but yes, do check out also the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord, the, the best place to go for your fantasy information and fantasy community all year round. MLSFantasyBoss.com slash Discord is the best way to get there, the easiest way to get there to meet players like these. And also players who are in the top 10, top five, top one of the entire game who are happy to share their thoughts and comments as a great community. So I hope if you have not been there already and you're hearing this sh the show, please do check it out. Links uh, down below. <laughs> yeah, links below, <laughs> links in bio, links links everywhere. Hit me up on Twitter, all that kind of stuff. It's it's here, it's there, it's everywhere. It's, it's Roy Ken. That's what MLS Fantasy Boss Discord is, the fantasy community. So... <laughs> Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for joining us tonight. And as always, good luck. Mm -hmm.